Well, the sun is shining, cricket is underway in Scotland, and the podcast has returned. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Cricket Scotland podcast. I'm your host, Ian Leggett, and today I've got two interviews to share with you. The first is with Chair Tony Bryan. I sat down with Tony a month ago to reflect on his time out in Zimbabwe at the World Cup qualifiers. He gives an insight into what it was like to be out there and almost witness history, but also the significance of the performance by the team. This interview has been sitting on my hard drive for a while now, so I do hope you enjoy. Right, so I'm joined here by Chair Tony Bryan. He was very fortunate enough to be in Zimbabwe for the qualifiers. So first off, the experience as a whole, how was it? It was a great experience, Ian. We really enjoyed it. Um, going to, to exotic parts of the world to watch cricket, what, what, what's not to like about that? Um, the people in Zimbabwe were absolutely fantastic. They were so hospitable, so friendly, always so, so willing to help, which made it a, you know, a hugely enjoyable experience. Um, and then there was cricket to watch as well and some really good quality cricket. And, you know, Scotland, well, we didn't quite get where we wanted to get to, but we put up a pretty good show. So let's start off here. We didn't quite get what we wanted to get to, but going into the qualifiers themselves, it, it would have been really good to get to the Super 6 stage. Now, of course, they had larger ambitions to get to the World Cup, but do you think Scotland somewhat outplayed their expectations? I don't think we outplayed our own expectations. I think we genuinely went into this wanting to reach the, the, the World Cup quali- uh, tournament proper. We thought we had the quality of players and team and squad to do that. We, we, we just about did. I think we probably exceeded other people's expectations because they probably didn't see us as good as we, we know we are. But we ourselves had pretty high expectations because we've got, we've got a good squad and good team and, and, a, and a good um, team back at base too who helped to get prepare the, the, the team for what they were going to face in Zimbabwe. So like you said, there was some some absolutely wonderful cricket, not just from Scotland, but the tournament all round. So starting off as a whole, the, the World Cup qualifiers, although Zimbabwe, there was sceptical, you know, the criticism towards the 10-team World Cup, but what a show was put on by every team. It was indeed. There were no easy games. There were no minnows, as it turned out, in, in that at all. And we saw a number of the full members being beaten by associates and, and in some games quite comfortably like our game against uh, Afghanistan. So I think, you know, the whole tournament made the, the cricketing world you know, look up and see what was happening and see the quality of, that there is in cricket and the associate nations. And, you know, I must admit a number of conversations I've had with people at the ICC since then, I, I, can, I can hear a different tone in their voice because they recognise that the associates, the senior associates, and they, the sort of what they like to call this, the, the, the lower four members, the quality of the cricket is there's, there's no difference between them. There's, couldn't put a couldn't piece of sheet of paper between the quality of the, the cricket between them. So the storyline seemed to be almost cascading towards this this finale against the West Indies. Now we all know what happened. A hugely upsetting, heartbreaking turn of events for Scotland. What was it like being out there, seeing the team? Tell us because you are slightly from the outside, although you are the chairman. You know, you're not involved in the team environment to a whole. What was it like witnessing that from from that close of a distance? Frustrating is probably the the, the word that I would I would use, Ian. I mean, clearly, you know, I was I was not in the team room as you say. I was at the, on the sidelines, but we could see the way the game was evolving and had ebbed and flowed. Um, it looked as if we had a really good chance where we we were in the game. Admittedly, we had five down, but it looked as if we had a partnership establishing. 
and then the rain came down and it really did come down. I haven't seen such torrential rain for a very, very long time. And, you know, when the umpires called it, yeah, it, you know, they might have left it another five or ten minutes. But to be honest, there was no chance it was going back out that day. It was the ground was absolutely inundated with water. You say frustrated. How else did you feel? Because as a fan on the sideline and from reading social media all throughout the coming days from that, you know, the huge outcry that that people felt towards the team, you personally, was it just, you say frustrated, but was it also just a huge emotional experience for you because of just we so close yet so far? Yeah, very much so. I mean, we all know what rode on the, on, on the back of that result. Um, there was qualification for the World Cup and that would have made you know, a difference in terms of funding and so on for the organisation. But, but you know, that was kind of secondary on the day. What you really felt was for the players who put absolutely everything into it and just didn't manage through a combination of circumstances to, to get over the line. And I, and I was really impressed with the players you know, afterwards. They were very realistic about not, not just some of the things, the frustrations that had happened during the game that made life difficult for them. They were also really honest about you know, things that they could have done better on the day that would have got us over the line and we wouldn't have had to, to worry about rain, DLS or any of the other things that, that came along that day. But yes, cruel, heartbreaking world. So too for now, all these storylines that came from it. Is it almost too much and too much pressure on the associate game for it to be so cruel at some points? I'm not sure if it's too much for the associate game. And I think, you know, we all know that, that every associate cricket match has, has some consequence coming out of it. And something Preston Momsom used to point out regularly in, in the in the press statements or press media comments that he put out. And he was absolutely right. It is pretty um, cutthroat stuff. But, you know, we just have to live with that. That's the world we're in. We, we just have to make sure we live with it, we cope with it, and we, we come through it. So what lies for the future in the future now? Um, you know, unfortunately, we didn't get the, the funding boost from the World Cup, and we're kind of left in somewhat, like, almost dead air. We've got, well, now three more, uh, no, four more T20s, you know, coming up, as well as the Pakistan and England game. So that's exciting news. But what next? You know, because we're it's kind of left on this open blank sheet of paper to kind of figure out what we're going to do for the next two years. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we have the next kind of fixed thing in our itinerary, if you like, is, is the T20 World Cup qualifier, which is due in quarter three of week four next year, 2019. So that's kind of the next fixed thing in our, in our timetable. So we have to make quite sure we put together a structure of cricket for the team that will you know, prepare them for that during the next sort of 15, 16 18 months, depending on when the, the, the qualifier actually takes place. So, as you say, we've got the 50-over uh, game against uh, England in tenth, on the 10th of June, and then we've got the two T20Is against Pakistan on the 13th and 14th of June, all, all three games in Edinburgh. Um, those are really the start of the build-up, if you like, to the, the T20 World Cup qualifier in the latter part of next year. We've just announced this morning that we've got, I think it's four T20Is with Ireland and the Netherlands at the end of June and we're looking at other possibilities later in the year. But that requires us to get some more funding from the ICC to help us. So that's one of the things that we're hoping that we will be able to persuade the ICC to do over the next few months. So, so you personally, why do you love the game of cricket? Uh, it, it's so deeply ingrained in me and I'm not <laughs> sure I could even understand it. I mean, a number of things. I, I think if you stand back as, as a game, it's, it's a fascinating thing, a bit like chess, that the, the, the fluctuations you can have in the game as, as people come to the crease, 
bowl and whatever the, the, the changes that are possible through it are, are you know immense but also I think above all for me it's the spirit of cricket as, as they call it it's it's a, it's a game where people try generally speaking and I'll better come back to a recent incident <laughs> generally speaking people try and abide by the spirit of cricket and behave properly and um, there are a few sports that that do that these days like golf probably is the only other one I can think of that really takes that kind of attitude there are many others that that, that don't clearly the I've mentioned a recent incident while we're we're recording this year and sort of yeah, a, a week probably less than just over a week just since week, the yeah. since the ball tampering incident in South Africa uh, with the Australian team which you know was quite appalling it wasn't just the ball tampering they did which was premeditated it was the fact they they lied twice once to match officials and then to the public about what they've been doing and uh, you know even to the extent of pretending it wasn't sandpaper they used when clearly it was sandpaper um, so you know that was hugely disappointing and actually you know has damaged the reputation of cricket worldwide there's absolutely no doubt about it the one thing I would say, or well, it's two things I say. First is that the ICC now seems to have recognised that they have to do more to, to prevent such types of activities in the future, and they've announced a review of, of the and the penalties and sanctions around their code of conduct, which I think is really important. The the other thing I would say though is I can't think of any other sport, as I say, apart from golf, that would go through this kind of heart searching about some uh, you know improper activity on the field. Um, I was watching football at the weekend and watching footballers dive all over the pitch and nobody seemed to care in the slightest. That's cheating. Mm. Um, didn't seem to be any reaction, though, on that one, really. Whereas we, as a sport, because the code and the spirit is so integral to the whole game, we have a huge amount of hearts searching when something goes wrong. And something went badly wrong last week. There's no doubt about it. The ICC didn't choose to to broadcast all the games. The coverage did receive a lot of criticism. The, the overall standard of of the delivery of it on social media it got a lot of of heavy flack on um, all over the spectrum. What what was your view on them in in general not giving it what was seemed due coverage? I, I I shared the view of I think just about everybody else that they 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 should have had TV coverage for all the games. And you know what I'm really pleased is that the ICC genuinely do seem to recognise that. Um, I had a meeting last week with the ICC chief executive, David Richardson, and the first thing he said to me was, we got that one wrong. Next time, we'll have to try and make sure, if at all possible, that we televise all the games. And and that's not just to provide DRS and things like that for, for the, to support and help the umpires and players, but also to help broadcast the, um, the, the quality of the games throughout the cricketing world. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. A pleasure. Thank you for having me, Ian. And that was Cricket Scotland chair Tony Bryan. So it's four weeks into the season and plenty of cricket has been played. Both the Eastern Premiership and Western Division 1 are well underway. The Scotland women's team have been playing around the UK. The A team has been travelling down to Bath and Durham. And both the women's and men's regional contests have begun in fine fashion. I caught up with a man right in the centre of all this, Gordon Drummond, who is the performance pathway manager for Cricket Scotland, to get an insight into his role. Well, thank you, Gordon, for joining me on the podcast here. We're sitting top of the Grange Pavilion on a what seems like a sunny day, but it's actually quite cold. But you've been here all day, and uh, lots of cricket's being played today, uh, and also yesterday. Talk us, talk us through that. Yeah, so as um, part of our, our programme, Development and Performance Pathway, uh, We've got the squad, it used to be called Development Living, it's now called the Performance Academy. Um, 
they've got their first games here of the season against the Durham Academy, which is an annual fixture for us, but also a good test and a good opportunity for the guys to play cricket. So we got beaten yesterday. Um, currently in a in a better position, or put more on, certainly more on the board than we did yesterday. Um, and got the three sixty six for three chasing. So we'll see. It could be a tight game, but it's just good for these guys to play as much cricket, quality cricket as possible to, as part of their development. So that's the point to this really. It's week. It's it's coming into week four of the domestic season. We've had a couple games in the regional series. We've had the Scotland A team play down in Bath and Durham. The performance guys are playing here. The women's team have had four games already. They've had two up here in the domestic series as well. There's so much cricket going on, and it's only been about four weeks. Yeah, and, and they say we don't play much cricket in Scotland. <laughs> you know? So we we've got we worked out last week. There's probably around about 130 fixtures within the the regional and national performance um, and high performance programmes throughout the summer. Um, so, you know, we're trying to create as much opportunities for these young um, boys and girls, men and women to, to get out there and play the game, learn the game um, and develop themselves and, and ultimately hopefully get opportunities to play for, for the national men's and national women's teams. So, yeah, no, there's plenty of cricket on show um, against lots of different op uh, opposition. Um, we've also, as, as you touched on earlier, We've got a strong or a new regional programme with different levels set in there. Um, Relaunched the women's programme with two new teams, the Stormers and the Eagles. Um, and it's been really competitive as well at the start. Um, so, yeah, th there's lots of opportunities and, and lots of cricket on show. Um, and hopefully we continue to get good weather because that helps. Hopefully it's not just going to be jinxed for June. That's my worry. We're getting it all in May. Talk us through your role. Yeah, so the, the title is Performance Pathway Manager. Um easy way to look at it is that I support um, strategically and operationally support the teams below the national men's and women's uh, national teams and A teams so everything else that leads up to that including the, the regional programmes um, and supporting the development of the women's programmes as well um, and then obviously national youth so really looking after uh, um, about Six to eight teams, and then and then supporting the development of the regional program, both both men's and women's, trying maintain the standards of that, um, and keep driving that forward to being um, strong strong part of the domestic cricket. One of the one of the ways of getting forward and boosting Scottish cricket is possibly getting first class grading for the men's team matches. How much needs to be done to improve, or how much has been done to to in making steps forward towards gaining the further step in the regional series. Yeah, well, it's um, what we're trying to achieve becoming the next full member. Um, you know, off the back of what what Ireland and Afghanistan have done recently, um, and certainly gives us confidence in, in continuing to drive forward and become the challenge to become the next full member. To do that, you've got obviously got to have all, all the ducks in a row, um, and, and we're working towards achieving that. And one way to do that is to get listed status for for the regional program, um, for the senior men's regional program, and. Uh, you know, we've just got to keep moving that forward and keep developing that to make sure that we get that. There's a whole list of things that's got to you've got to try and tick off to, to achieve that. Um, you know, and, and one thing we'll try to do is, is um, try and make sure that people are are seeing what's out there a bit more. We're, we're obviously using um, social media to try and drive it forward. Um, we're trying to make sure that the, the best players in the country are engaged with it and they're, and they're playing these matches to put on. A, um, a spectacle for people to come and watch. You know, it's 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 meant to be entertainment. That's <laughs> what it's there for. Um, we think the product now is imp is improving. Um, certainly, good engagement from the players and, and 
there's a lot of quality on show, um, particularly the game last Monday. It was a tight game between the Warriors and the Knights, and um, Warriors came through in the end, but there was some real good, strong cricket on show um, at, at good venues as well, so we're using, using good facilities to, to play the games as well. What is the best way of packaging it? Because we're in a, a situation right now where, yes, we've got this, this improving product, it's, it's quality, it's entertainment, but yes, it's not getting you know the audience members that you want to, you know, to pop down to the Grange. Yeah, I mean, we've just got to keep encouraging people to come and watch the game. Um, and how we do that, we, you know, we've got to look at the way we market the game. Um, we've got to make sure that we encourage the wider public to come down and watch these games as well. And, and through, that's through all the, the different membership streams that we have. Um, bringing new people into the game, like we're doing with the All Stars program. I mean, that's right at the beginning of cricket, but that that's kind of the people that we want to target. New people coming into sport and show them what you know what we've got um, in cricket in Scotland, um, and then also giving putting role models, I guess, for these guys to try and think about becoming. You know, they they, they come and they watch this level of cricket. It's, it's coloured clothing. It's white ball. The ball's flying around everywhere. There's a bit, you know, there's good energy, there's a bit of excitement, um, and they're looking at that, thinking, well, I want to try and do that. I want to get to that stage." So, that's the kind of stuff we're looking at with uh, with bringing new people into sport, but also trying to engage the the current membership, the club network within these regions to get behind their teams as well. Um, and if we can do that, I think we'll we'll get, you know, people will enjoy what they come and see. And of course, leading into that, a big month of June ahead. You know, we've got the the free internationals here at the Grange, and then we've got the forty twenties out in the Netherlands. So it's an exciting month. Uh, why should people come along? Well, I, I think you're going to struggle to get to the Grange for the England game now because it's yeah. sold out, <laughs> yeah, which is are. which is awesome. Um, and, and yeah, that, you know, I think that will be an amazing day, an amazing atmosphere, and, and you know, there's a, a shift in the mindset um, of of that squad, um, and, and also all the way down. Food chain with the, with the national team guys about playing slightly different brand of cricket and being a bit more positive. And, you know, there's certainly I'm sh- sure they're marking um, one of these games as an upset, if not if not a couple. So, who knows what can happen that day? And it'd be awesome to do, you know, to beat England in front of a, a big crowd in Edinburgh. I think that'd be amazing. Um, and then Pakistan are, are the best T20 team in the world at the moment. So, why wouldn't you want to come down and watch the best team in cricket? Um, and potential of Scotland upsetting them, them and taking on the best in the world. So these are great opportunities for people to see um, the best players in the world playing um, close up, you know, which doesn't happen that often. And that's the thing, you know, one of the, and you've of course been involved within the team and playing and, and now in the performance aspect of it, the conversation leads to the fact that we haven't, we don't play, the men's team don't get enough cricket as they deserve. But on the flip side of that, you've seen the constant improvement and the performance out in Zimbabwe. How does, as now a fair outsider to the team, how do you feel when you see these boys and the performance they put in out in Zimbabwe and now the potential of upsetting, you know, the best ODI team in the world and the best T20 team in the world? Yeah, I mean, these are always great occasions. And as a player, that's what you want to do. That's why you put in all the hard graft. That's why you work hard at your game. You want to be given the opportunity to play um, against the best teams as often as you can and you know it's difficult for the guys because it's, it's quite sporadic and the expectation is that you've, you've got to show put in a good show and actually try and win games mm. so you know that is, that is a challenge in itself if you're doing that over and over again and you're in those environments over and over again it becomes a little bit easier but um, you know there's certainly there's a very very strong team at the moment that Scotland has um, the players they have they have variety in all aspects um, they have good spinners an awesome seam bowling attack, a real awesome seam bowling attack, and I was lucky to be out in Zimbabwe 
working with these guys and you know these guys have got good skills um they, you know the boys some of the boys bowl quick um and there's, there's awesome options available now within the team and then quite a dynamic batting lineup um power hitters guys that like to get on with it po you know positive players so i think that that has helped you know and, and what they've done is they've, they've they're looking to to make sure that they try and achieve something you know there's when they were going into these games it's not just about um, competing is actually about winning and how can we win and that's, that's a real important mindset to have well that's it for another episode lots more cricket to come and hopefully a few more episodes of the pod as well tickets are still on sale for the two T20s versus Pakistan in June and be sure to check out CS Plus on Twitter and Cricket Scotland on social media for all the news on the game over the coming weeks uh, that's it for another episode see you guys later